What's up, people? It's the first episode of 2024 for Just for Sport. Jamoke Davis here. I know it's been a long, long time since I have recorded a pod. And it has not been a great start to 2024 for me. Certainly because I haven't done a pod, but in real life, um, start the show by uh, sharing with you that um, I lost my father. My family lost our our dad on January 1st, 2024. Um, and he had some health problems in December. And it took me a long time of adjustment to life without my dad and you know I do this podcast because I love it it's not a job for me there are times because I love sports that I wish it was my job but I also love my family and the fact that I get to spend a lot more time with my family plays a big role in in many ways why I got out of covering sports on a regular basis. Um, and the passing of my father put that even more into perspective of me feeling like family comes first. And if I can provide for my family be there more often, be around, be more present at breakfast, dinner, you know, just being with them more often overall has played a big role in one of the main reasons that I got out of sports and um, covering it, that is, on a regular basis, working for a team. And so... um, The passing of my dad added to that, added to a level of not just losing my dad, but we were so close. We were, we would watch sports together. We would talk about sports together. So I lost a little bit of that love for sports that him being gone, it it left a another layer of a void for me that um, I don't know. I, I, I really I'm saying I don't know, but I do know that there was just something about not having my dad with me that. Um, yeah, I watch sports now and. I am searching for, when I'm watching sports, searching for or realizing there are all of these moments that I spent with my dad. I would text him if we weren't in person watching a game or we would watch a game and we would, you know, talk about different aspects of the game and him being a referee. That also was something that we would talk a lot about is just, um, You know, oh, I didn't like that call. Like there was just so much that I did with my dad. And I just didn't feel 
like I wanted to talk about sports and and be involved in sports. And uh, yeah, what are we? February 11th. And I am just now feeling there was a guilt. There was a guilt with me wanting to talk about sports like it was, you know, it's it seems so it, it's trivial and emotionally I've been going through a lot. So, you know, I just didn't I wasn't prepared to discuss it the way I am now. And and maybe that unto itself is like, oh, well, you should be honoring your dad by talking sports because he and I shared that love. He shared it also with my brothers who also love sports. But my dad was the driver in many ways of that text chain. He was the main one who would kind of get us going. Um, And so this is in dedication to my dad. uh, Pop-up, as my sons would call him, um, to talk sports again. And it feels good to finally... Get back at it. Now, in getting back at it, I've had a lot that to talk about. I have. And I know I can't, I don't, I'm not going to get into all of it because realistically, some of the news cycle is just so fast. It's just so fast. So some of the things I may not get to. But I'm going to start with the Super Bowl. Of course, I'm going to start with the Super Bowl. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Like, realistically, this is the day. I'm, I'm recording this on Super Bowl Sunday. I feel like if my dad was here, we already would have had a bunch of text chains going back and forth. Who do you like? My youngest brother loves to bet a lot. So he'll ask me or, you know, sh- you know send a screenshot of his parlay. Um, so I'm sure I will be texting with him. But for me personally, trying to think about, first of all, who am I rooting for, right? And that's tough. Um, I like Patrick Mahomes. I do. Um, And I feel like, I don't know if you think about this. But there is no doubt that um, when I think of Tom Brady and you think of Tom Brady and we were like, oh, we'll never see a dynasty again. That's kind of what you thought, right? I mean, at least I did. And yet here we are. Seeing a dynasty right before our eyes. And some people thought it would be. I remember uh, either it was on Tony Kornheiser's podcast or listening to Michael Wilbon and Tony on PTI. And I remember Michael Wilbon saying, let's wait. You know, it's Patrick Mahomes for a Super Bowl. Let's not crown him yet, right? Take a line from Dennis Green. Let's give it some time. Let's see what happens. Well, we're seeing what happens. This guy is amazing. 
Andy Reid as a coach is amazing. And I think about what I want to, who I want to root for. And it's tough. It's tough because I, I do like Patrick Mahomes. I like the storyline of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. And I don't know what they call it. Uh, they're not Swifties. Are they Trelsies? I call them trailers, but not trash. But I, I don't know. The first thing that came to my mind is I'm like, oh, the trailers are out. Right? That's Travis and Taylor trailer for that went over your head. But on the flip side, I like the 49ers. I like the Brock Purdy angle, Mr. Irrelevant. I like the Christian McCaffrey angle of one of the more dominant running backs you've seen, who some said, well, with his injuries, could he be a a dominant running back for a long time? Obviously, his injuries with Carolina. And here he is in the Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan, who was a member of the football staff under Mike Shanahan, which is funny. I would they, on Sports Center they were saying that, which I was like, oh wow, that's cool. Mike Shanahan was on a 49ers staff the last time they won a Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan is now on the 49ers as the head coach. Can they win a Super Bowl again? I'm sure uh Mike Shanahan will be in attendance. It's probably an amazing week for him. But I had the opportunity to, to work on a documentary about Trent Williams and what he had been through in beating cancer when he was on Washington and now being on the 49er staff, arguably, probably there is no argument, the best offensive lineman ever to play the game of football in the National Football League is, in my mind, Trent Williams. He's the GOAT. He is the GOAT. And in working on that documentary, we had a documentary premiere, went down to Houston for that. And I really had a, a, a very stronger personal connection to Trent Williams. Got to meet Debo Samuels, uh, which was pretty cool as well. And so there is a level of a connection to, to Trent. That I'm rooting for him. I want him to win a Super Bowl. So. I am from my heart. Leaning towards a personal connection. That's what I'm leaning towards. That's what I'm leaning towards. The 49ers are favored at minus two. And now uh, secondly. This is the first time that I feel like I have been talking actual odds and bets and props on a podcast in a long time. Um, and I share with you why I wasn't. Um, but here I am. 49ers. You can get them at minus two. Am I taking the Niners at minus two? The thing is, I I want the game to come down to a field goal. And not wide right. Like the Buffalo Bills, unfortunately, choked or lost again. They couldn't win it. 
But I want it to come down to a field goal. I'm taking the Niners at minus two. Over under 47 and a half. I'm going to take the over. And again, I do bet with my heart. My gut, if you will. Sorry, I said, well, partially my heart too, right? But my gut check picks. I'm taking over because my gut says it's going to be a great shootout. It's going to be a shootout. I think the final will be 31-28. Niners to win it. That's my, that's why I'm going with the over. Now, there's some things you can look at. 49ers are 6-0 straight up as favorites in the postseason under Kyle Shanahan. Patrick Mahomes is 10-1-1 against the spread in his career as an underdog. There's a lot. You can go one way or the other. You're going to look at Isaiah Pacheco. You're going to look at Nick Bosa. And you know what I do want? I want a Super Bowl. For the former Washington football player, Chase Young, who people kicked him to the curb, said he was no good. And he may come away with a Super Bowl ring. He just may come away with a Super Bowl ring. And of course, we also have Travis Kelsey, which I think in this Super Bowl, with Taylor Swift in, Swift in attendance coming all the way from another continent to be here at the Super Bowl. And if there are odds on Taylor Swift making an appearance during Usher's performance, take that bet. I think she will. I think she will. Why not? I mean, I know the NFL is like, Taylor, here's two million. Come out and just dance with Usher for like 30 seconds. Come on. She has raised the profile of the Super Bowl for sure. They probably could charge double what they were charging for commercials just because Taylor Swift is in attendance. So I say take that bet that Taylor Swift will make an appearance on the field, either pre-game, halftime, and if they win, obviously post-game. But she's not doing a post-game concert. But there are a lot of cool bets you can take. Prop bets. I'd say take Travis Kelsey as MVP. I think he will score two touchdowns. I think Patrick Mahomes, he will throw for for four touchdowns. But I and I think you can take the thing is I you know Travis uh, excuse me Christian McCaffrey I think will score two touchdowns. Debo Samuel who also met in Houston, I think he will score. One touchdown. Brandon Ayuk will score a touchdown. Of course, that means that... Well, well, let me see. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's four touchdowns. Two touchdown passes for Brock Purdy. But I think a field goal wins it. 31-28. That's my score. And I'm sticking to it. There's just so many 
other bets that you can take that's just it's just it's just too wild and i'm going to save some of those for the sake of the fact that there's some other things i want to get into this podcast that um i will get to a little bit later with some of my additional prop bets next topic i want to talk about uh sticking with football Washington hires the defensive coordinator from the Dallas Cowboys as their head coach that bothers me first i want to say that wow i am excited for the future Dan Snyder's no more no longer the owner. Now I saw on social media, people are starting to call Ted Leonsis, Ted Snyder. I get that. I get that. We're not going to talk about that right now. But as a Washington fan, the last thing I want is for a Dallas Cowboy fan to be able to say, oh, well, you're only good because you got our defensive coordinator. And I know that's a personal thing for me. Washington fans, diehard Washington fans get that. I want nothing whatsoever to do with the Dallas Cowboys. And I don't like that we got them from Dallas. That's one. I know he coached other places, but the bottom line is that's where he came from. Secondarily, are the Cowboys in the Super Bowl? No. You know why they're not in the Super Bowl? Because their defense was putrid. Putrid in their playoff game. They could not beat the Green Bay Packers, and I love Jordan. That the Green Bay Packers were playing in the playoffs, and Aaron Rodgers and the stupid Green Jets were sitting at home. But that defense was not good. So I'm wondering, what are y'all looking at? I'm not concerned with the regular season, right? We want to win championships. When it counted, when they needed the defense to step up, they got picked apart by the Green Bay Packers. And that's the defensive coordinator we want to be a head coach. Also, the one who was a head coach when the Falcons lost the Super Bowl to the Patriots. That's who he want as a head coach? No. You must Hold Josh Harris accountable the same way you held Daniel Snyder. I don't care if it was just his feeling, and I'm forgetting the, the other uh, Ben, 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 Ben something who said, Yeah, I didn't like my interview process. They were like basketball guys running an interview for the head coach of the NFL. Now, while I have seen going back and forth between football and basketball for executives, I get what he's saying. There's some level of truth in what he's saying that you have to think about that when you are making your decision or thinking, not your decision, but if you're thinking about if this was a good hire or not. And that came into my mind. Was it Ben Sherman? Did that just come into my head? That's a legitimate thing. That I was like, yeah, yeah. It's not a fan. I'm just simply not a fan of the hire. 
Now let's add to that. I feel bad for Eric Bieniemy, whether he was a good coach or not. Keep your Bieniemies closer. I know he wishes that he was still in Kansas City. But this is more about the fact that all along, everyone used to say defense wins championships. And nowadays, it's all about the offense. Look at all of the Super Bowls that have been won of late. Where the game is going. Defense doesn't win championships. Offense does. Now I get it. They hire Cliff Kingsbury. Jury's out on him. But I think no different from Ron Rivera. I would rather have seen an offensive. We we just did the defensive head coach thing. I would have liked to have seen an offensive head coach. And I hope that I am proved wrong. I will admit I am wrong. But I have the right, you have the right as a fan, for whatever team you root for, to reserve judgment when a new coach is brought in. And I'm like, "Eh, maybe, maybe not. I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it. And for all of the Washington fans, and it's not just with the Washington Commanders. We do it in Washington with the Caps, with the Wizards. We get excited about a new player, big new player coming in, Jordan Poole, right? New coach coming in, maybe not so much Wes Unseld, Jr. But we try to think about the positives like, oh, yeah, da, 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 da. You know, we got this new coach, got this new player. And it's great to think positive. I think of the glass as half full as much and as often as I can. But when I saw this hire, I was like, eh. And maybe it simply is that Washington, the luster of being the head coach of the Washington football team is just not there. They can't get that kind of coach. They just can't. And I look at Dan Quinn as a retread. I want someone offensive minded. I wanted someone new, fresh. I'll even say not young, but younger, if you will. I mean, you look at that coaching tree of Mike Shanahan, a number of them are having success in the NFL. Not that we could have gotten someone else from his coaching tree, but just like, I don't know. I mean, Andy Reid's coaching tree, was Eric Bieniemy Not quite working, didn't work out. Not, not, it's not quite working out. It did not work out. But I'm, I'm going to hold off a little bit. Let's see what happens next year, right? The year's about to come to an end at the end of the Super Bowl. 
when that final, that clock ticks to zero. And that's it. That's it. Speaking of that's it, that's it for now for football. I'll come back to it in a little bit. I'm going to the NBA. Trade deadline winners and losers. All right, maybe your team didn't do much. Lakers couldn't do much because they've got so many injuries. I know that there was talk and LeBron James had that uh, hourglass tweet. Like, come on, man. You're always trying to be so cryptic, man. That's ridiculous. But they couldn't even make a move if they wanted to because they don't they're not healthy. They decided to stand pat and I don't think they have a chance of winning the NBA championship. And I think that Washington or whatever team, you better draft Bronny because you're getting LeBron James next year. That's a fact. If there's a bet on that, put the bet on that. That Bronny and LeBron James will be on the same team. Maybe that's why Lakers didn't want to make a trade because they need all the assets they can get for the end of the season to try to jostle for whatever pick they need to have to get Bronny James. And it's more hype. I mean, it's we know it's hype. The biggest winner to me was Daniel Gafford. Not so much the Dallas Mavericks. But Daniel Gafford gets to leave the Washington Wizards who were going nowhere fast. And we knew that at the start of the season. First few games, like, yep, all right, same Washington Wizards. So in many ways, Daniel Gafford going to the Dallas Mavericks whether they make it to the Western Conference Finals or not, my man was the biggest winner of the trade deadline. That's, in my mind, he is the biggest winner. And that's, that's a fact. That's a fact. I know it's a little hyperbole. But that's where I think it. That's where I think it was probably the best move. 76ers, eh, adding Buddy Heald realistically, I'm like, eh, it's all right. I mean, I'm not a Patrick Beverly fan. I think realistically, Milwaukee needed to improve on defense. So for them to get Patrick Beverly, for him to reunite with the Milwaukee Bucks, but really Doc Rivers, who needs some defense in Milwaukee, I may give them a grade of A. I mean, Philly, unfortunately, I think is going to be barely trying to make it into the play-in tournament. Because Joel Embiid, not only do we have to wait for him to come back, but you got to wait for him to get healthy. And I'm bummed. I wanted to see him get back to the playoffs. Obviously, Robert Covington's on that team. You know my heart's with Robert Covington. And with Philly, I'm just like, man. But I guess if you're in, you're in. And then let's go from there. So if Joel Embiid is healthy, great. And so they get another shooter in Buddy Heald who can really shoot. And so we'll see. Don't give up hope. Kelly Oubre's on that team too. I root for him as well. Oklahoma City Thunder. They landed Gordon Hayward. Eh, 
I mean, Oklahoma City was really good. I mean, I guess if you're saying we're adding a veteran, I guess you can add that on to it. Possibly. Oklahoma City, I I don't know how much noise they're going to make in the playoffs, but I like what their team is doing. I don't know if there was much else in a trade that was like a really exciting trade. A sleeper trade, though, that I think could pay dividends was for the Boston Celtics getting Xavier Tillman. Memphis has given up on the season. I wish they weren't giving up on the whole team. Because I, I actually like Xavier Tillman, but, you know, they're moving on. And I know it was injuries too. To Ja Morant. Steven Adams traded to Houston because he was hurt. All right. But Xavier Tillman to to the Celtics could prove to be a really good move for them. A really good move for them. But realistically, the trade deadline winner was Daniel Gafford. Daniel Gafford. One small thing I'm going to touch on. NBA could use more defense. I like the offense. I watched one of the best games yesterday. My my watching consists of, I watched maybe the beginning of the game, and I turned on the fourth quarter. And the fourth quarter, the end of the fourth quarter, for Golden State Phoenix Suns was great. Steph Curry delivered big time three over or with Beal trailing behind him and Devin Booker trying to jump up and affect his shot. Steph Curry, when he was, he, you know, bent down on the court after he hit that big 3.7 seconds on the clock screaming. Ah, that's got to be the greatest feeling, man. I love Steph Curry. Because I feel like I could have been him. I mean, not realistically. I mean, he come. His dad was an NBA player. He spent his entire life around the game, but just that was my kind of game, the style he plays with, and the grace. I mean, granted, I can't hear everything, but I don't see him trash talk. He's just smiling all the time, just happy. You know, yeah, he gets his head down if he makes a mistake or whatever. Even when he missed that three with like a minute thirty to go, I was like, "Ooh, that was a bad shot," but he made up for it with a layup, like. 40 seconds later, and then obviously the big three. Going into the game, I had almost forgotten about the fact that Draymond Green and Yusuf Nurkic was, were playing for the first time against each other. Yusuf Nurkic said after the game he doesn't think Draymond Green learned anything. I couldn't agree with him more. Draymond's going to be Draymond. You know I'm not a fan. My guy T had to rem- had to set me straight. Yes, he is a Hall of Famer. As much as I know I was saying that for a while, that he wasn't. He is a Hall of Famer. But he's also really annoying. And I think no different from John Morant, where he's like, oh, yeah, I went to Cal League. I'm better. There's no way. Draymond Green is just going to be Draymond Green. He was chirping at the end of the game. He was yelling at Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, little smirk on his face. I'm sure he was cursing him out as he was walking off the court because Phoenix lost the game. And Draymond Green was being Draymond Green again. It's all fake. 
There's no way he's going to counseling. He was the exact same player that he was before. And it's just a matter of time before something happens again and he has to apologize again. And unfortunately, let's hope this this time Adam Silver will actually suspend him for the entire year. Hopefully. I was going to talk about the rule, but bottom line is I love the game. It was a great game. And I you can't have you need to have Golden State in the playoffs. And that was a great game. I'm happy for Bradley Beal being on a, a a winner now. It's going to be fun. The playoffs are going to be fun this year. Now, collective bargaining agreement, they agree to the rules that you're you got to play a certain number of games to make it to all NBA and be in the MVP voting, all-star voting, etc. And I'm all for it. I know the players are complaining, but it's like, no, you need to be playing. If you're not playing, you can't just win awards off of, well, he could have been. I mean, heck, every NBA player in the NBA should be like, well, I could have been an all-star. I could have been an MVP. I could have been first, second, or third team all-NBA. If the coach had played me, if they had given me the ball, everybody in the NBA could say that. No, it's about what you do on the court. And that's why I like the rule. Yeah, uh, Tyrese Halliburton's going to complain, I can only miss four more games or else I can't be considered. Then you better play. You better stay healthy. Not only did you agree to it in the collective bargaining agreement, but I think it's a legit rule. I think the voting should not be left to the fans anymore because I think the fans just root for their team. And I'm saying it because I did it too. Yep. When I was a kid and then you get them before you used to get the ballot boxes, I'd pick all Orioles when I could. And I look, I said it like I was a kid, but even as an adult, I pick all Nationals and Orioles when I could. I mean, realistically, yeah, of course, I'd still pick a Shohei Otani. I'd still pick, and I'm going way back. Uh, Alex Rodriguez, a uh, Mariano Rivera, right? I mean, I knew that there's some players you got, yeah, they're good. But the fan voting is ridiculous. And I think you should only be eligible if you play the games. Whatever that number is, that's what it should be. 65, yep, 65 games. And if teams, you want to talk about analytics, then, then yep, your, your analytic general managers and whoever, they better start adding that into the equation and figuring out when you can play and when you can sit out. Because realistically, even for the small sample size of games we got for John Morant, you're telling me in that sample size, he's not first team all NBA? Yeah, he is. Should he not be in the MVP conversation, even in that small sample size? Yes, you should. But realistically, it would be ridiculous to think that he would be selected to an all-star game or any all-NBA team or be in the conversation from NBA, all-NBA, or MVP because he's out for the season. 
And the rule is a good rule. It's a good rule. A rule that is not a good rule. There is a rise in women's basketball. Whether it's from college, which I think that's what the majority of it is. People love college basketball. WNBA slowly, finally starting to get there. But the reason I say it's college is because you can go all the way back to Pat Summit at Tennessee. That place was packed. WNBA, not so much. UConn Huskies, packed. Stanford, packed. LSU, packed. Now Iowa, Caitlin Clark, packed. Not so much WNBA, but they're getting there because now I think fans are realizing, wait a second, we can see them more. The WNBA, we go to WNBA games, maybe the attendance goes up, maybe the salaries go up, maybe more of these great players are not leaving to go play overseas for eight of the 12 months of the year, right? Because that's all you're really getting them in the WNBA Elena Deladon, one of the greatest ever, is not even going to play this year for Washington. Now, granted, that's her mental health, but it's more just that I think of Deladon, although she did win a WNBA championship with Washington, which was great, like a blip on the radar when you think of how much you got to see her play. Diana Taurasi in Phoenix. Love to see Brittany Griner come back. I don't know. Now you got Asia Wilson dominating. The WNBA is getting there. But the mistake that everyone is making, that they aren't making in the NBA, if you look at a player like Juju with USC, she should be able to come out at the end of this year. She's great. Now, she may want to stay because if she's going to get that NIL money and that's more than she's going to make in the WNBA, I get it. But if she's like, nah, I'm ready to go pro, she should be able to go pro after this year. And I hope that the WNBA, NCAA will start to make that a thing. Now, granted, if you're the NCAA, if you're Iowa, you're like, no, 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 no. We want Caitlin Clark in Iowa as long as we can get her. Okay, I'll give you that. But if a player wants to go, If Juju wanted to say, I want to declare for the WNBA draft, then they should be able to. All players should be able to. I think it's a travesty. Well, hopefully it'll get fixed. There was some talk about there's a lowest win rate for college basketball teams. There are teams that are more even, whether it's from NIL or transfer portal. I get that. I love seeing Pitt win at Duke. Florida beating Kentucky at Kentucky. There are upsets. I think there's less of a separation in talent on teams now. Players across the board are getting better. And I know I'm going way back on this, and I'm going back to my guy, Steph Curry. How did he end up at Davidson? You knew he was good. All of these coaches and the programs missed out on, in my mind, 
based on what he has done in his career, one of the top five players ever to play the game is Steph Curry. He has revolutionized the sport the way Wilt Chamberlain did with his three-point shooting. I mean, Wilt Chamberlain changed the game with his height, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Russell. But no one can shoot like Steph Curry. He revolutionized the game across the board. And it's undeniable. And he played at Davidson. How did y'all miss out on him? I just think realistically, the game is more even than we realize. That's what it is. There's more parity in the NCAA. And I think it makes it more exciting when you get to tournament time, in my mind. It's going to be tough to pick brackets. It really will. It's, yeah, it's going to be tough. But it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun this year. I am really looking forward to the NCAA tournament this year. I really am. It's, woo, wow. Before I come back to the National Football League, and I end this season, or this episode, season. Well, it is the end of the NFL season. We talk about Sports Illustrated going away. I used to get the magazine. I really did. It was the one subscription that I feel like my dad was like, okay, yeah, I'll get it for you. But I'm actually not sad it's, I'm sad it's gone in that I love getting the actual physical magazine to read. I mean, I still, I want to say I still read books and magazines and newspapers, but no, I'm digital too. I'm listening to audio books, podcasts, watching or reading in in, in, uh, uh, an article on my phone or my laptop. And I know that there are more options out there for readers and listeners and viewers the landscape is changing but there's a part of me that's like man did it have to go away i mean realistically did we need the athletic and i love the athletic i'm fine with the athletic but couldn't that have been hey we're gonna buy sports illustrated maybe i mean i love the photographs too Still wish I had that Michael Jordan hologram. I may have to just go online and just buy buy it. Because that's the one magazine cover that that I missed. That I want to finish with my finish my collection. Because I do have a collection of Sports Illustrated. On the flip side, I'm really saddened when... And one, I don't think the story got as much attention. But Sports Illustrated using AI fake writers... To do articles. Yeah. On that angle. Sports Illustrated needed to go. That was an embarrassment. To the profession. To the, the, the wonderful writers. That have. Not just worked for Sports Illustrated. But across the board. That was awful. 
It's sad. And I hope that someone, someone out there, I mean, shoot, Jeff Bezos, Amazon, just buy Sports Illustrated and make it an online publication, something. Someone can say Sports Illustrated. Because even if you love reading online, watching on your phone, television, whatever, nothing beats a good cover. Nothing beats a good front page. It's not the same on the phone. Yeah, it may reach more people, but it's not the same as a front page, the cover of a magazine. It's just simply not the same. You know that. Deep down, you know that. But if we don't support the magazines and the newspapers, then they're going to go away. They're going to go away. I'm going to go away soon and do this podcast, finish this podcast up. I got some prop bets. But first, I just want to say that I kind of have... But everyone's now having betting, right? ESPN bet. Fanatics bet. Yeah, we got the MGMs, the leaks. Everybody's all in it now. Everybody is in it now. It's overly saturated in my mind. And then you think about the debacle with the tournament in Pebble Beach where they're trying to turn away winning bets because they stopped the tournament after 54 holes and they put in their terms and conditions that they don't have to pay out for people who picked. I don't remember. I'm not going to get into that. But you know what I should as I but because it's just wrong. The Pebble Beach program was won by Wyndham Clark. Right? He won it. And the fact that there were bets made after the fact on that Saturday that people were picking Wyndham to win it because they could, but now their bets are being voided. Because the PGA Tour canceled the final round? That's wrong. 
DraftKings. They left Clark's line open at plus 200. There was a story that one gambler put a 20-leg parlay on the exact top 20 finishing order. The odds were plus 3,776,975 were the odds, which a $20 wager would have paid out $755,415. That's not good. That's not good. Because if it's on the website and you're putting it up there saying that someone can make that bet, then that's on you. To randomly just be like, oh, no, we're not paying that out. If someone placed a bet, my concern is the validity of your company. There needs to be some new regulations put in place that one. I don't care. I'm not so concerned if the leagues need to be communicating with the the draft books about when that is determination is going to be made that a certain tournament is canceled. But I'm siding with the better here. They should not have been voided. Books reserve the right to avoid any odds being clearly incorrect given a chance of event occurring at the time the bet was placed. Mm, nope. It's not right. It's just simply not right. And there needs to be more oversight. There needs to be more oversight to allow for that not to be able to happen. I just don't like it. And there won't be. We know that, right? Unfortunately, what's going to happen is the betters are going to win. Excuse me. The, the books are going to win. And the betters will always lose. And that just doesn't seem fair. It's just not fair. It's just not fair. That being said, yeah, I'm a bet on the Super Bowl. Hope everybody has fun. It's the thrill. It's the thrill of betting. Hoping you win some money. I get it. I do get it.
And this Super Bowl is going to be one of the biggest, the best ever Super Bowls. That's at least what I'm hoping. Right? That's what I'm hoping. There are a lot of good prop bets out there. And I'm going to get into some. I'll make some. I'm not sure what. They're the the Swifty bets. Coin toss. All that kind of stuff. Most receiving yards, George Kittle. Ooh, will George Kittle get a touchdown? Oh, my. Tight ends going back to going at it. Hmm. There's, a, there's man, there are a lot of good bets. Oh, my. I mean, I was going to kind of joke and be like, oh, boy, I'm in trouble. Because there's a lot of them. The one. That I'm really looking forward. To are the Taylor Swift ones. That's what I want to find. Let's hope that there are um, some good ones uh, I mean you can get the national anthem I like the well Travis Kelsey make the heart hands after a touchdown. Travis, I mean, Taylor Swift to hold the Lombardi Trophy. Oh, there's some fun ones. There's some fun ones. I'm going to enjoy it, and I hope you're going to enjoy it. It's uh, it's going to be a great Super Bowl Sunday. I think it'll be one of the best ever. Um, I will be thinking about my, my dad and wishing that we could watch one more Super Bowl together. And I love him so much. He made me who I am today. He made me a sports fan. He made me an athlete. I wouldn't have been a collegiate athlete if it wasn't for him. Um, and I hope I can be just as good of a dad to my sons as he was to me. And that I get to see them grow up. And maybe the, the, the sentiment I have for my dad that my sons will have for me. I love you, dad. I will miss you. 
And every game I watch from now on, I will always, always be thinking of you sitting right next to me on the couch, falling asleep, me trying to tell you to go to bed and you saying, I'm up, I'm up, trying to make it through the whole game. That is one of my favorite memories. That'll do it for Just for Sport. Ciao for now.